welcome back to another episode of Bopcast, where it is my job to break down the moments and the stories that changed people's lives and also go off topic in these raw and uncensored conversations with people. Today on the show, I have my friend Tyreek. My name is Ryan Sullivan, also known as Sully Bop. I'm a rapper, producer, podcaster, DJ, and business owner from New Jersey. And today on the podcast, like I said, we have Tyreek. He's an artist, songwriter, rapper. He's been in music, been making music since he was 13 years old. A very powerful story that we get into here. And we dive in, dive right into his music. I changed things up a little bit format-wise to start this show. So I would really appreciate your feedback on that. But I digress there. Today we talk about music. We talk about uh, Drake past and future we talk about Tyreek's influences where he came from going into the studio when he was young and all of these kind of foundational things to get him to where he is today also combining film and audio we've seen people combine film and analytics and Lawrence case on a previous episode here we have combining film and audio um, you know Tyreek has that angle being that he did go to film school and he's also a rapper for this long so he's kind of combining those two things which I thought was extremely interesting and then we get into some more on the episode as well that I won't digress on here. So just know our sponsor today is SodaBeats.com, the best and easiest way to make rap and hip-hop beats online for free right now. Check it out. Link in the show notes. Please enjoy this episode with my man, Tyreek. Tyreek, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Anytime, brother. So we talked a little bit before the interview, and uh, there is a story that I want to dive into that I want to start with, taking it a little bit different direction today on the podcast. And if you could, what is what does it mean to you, um, the story of your a recent performance that you know allowed you to learn some new things about yourself? Can you shed some light on that? Right. So... Um... I'll go, I'll go back a little bit. So, like, when you think about the origins of hip-hop and rap music, you know, a lot of the rappers, the most popular rappers um, at the time, they were all about, you know, swag, confidence, you know? These, like, the big manly guys, like, they couldn't have any weaknesses. Like, um, like back, back then, when you looked at a rapper, you know, nobody wanted to... Hear, listen to a rapper who was like vulnerable, who was sensitive, who had insecurities. It was all just about, you know, being hard, being, you know, from, from the street, having a rough upbringing, you know, stuff like that. So, but now you have like this kind of transition in the game. And I would attribute that to like Kanye, like Kanye being, uh, you know, kind of shifting the culture and the sound and being more vulnerable and like experimenting with his music. So now you have like artists who like aren't afraid to just be themselves, try new and different things and everything. Um, but the reason I say that is because like, I feel like I'm the complete opposite of what maybe a traditional hip hop artist would be like, I have my insecurities, you know, doubts about, you know, myself or my craft and like, um, I, I, I like being very vulnerable and honest in my music because it's like very therapeutic for me. So the reason I wanted to talk about this show is because like um, I've been working the past few months, I've been working on my first solo project. My first solo album is going to be coming out soon. And I, I was always hesitant to make a solo project or just like any project in general, because like 
I would get in my head, what if people don't like it? You know, what if it's not good enough? Like, what what do I even want to say? You know, just just all these doubts in my head. And then I'm listening to my peers within the local scene. I'm listening to the music they're making and putting out and everything. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. This person's so talented. Like, and I'm comparing myself, like, I'm not, not as good as this person. Like, I'm not as good as that person. Like, I'll never reach these heights or anything. And then, you know, all these doubts start fill, filling your head and everything to the point where like there was times where like why am I even trying to make music you know like what what's the point like um I'm not good enough this that and the other but then um I had uh, actually two recent performances one on July 20th and then the most recent one was in uh, Prescott Arizona and the one in Prescott Arizona was in front of a thousand people like actually like more than a thousand maybe like like 12 1300 people right that's the biggest crowd i've ever performed in front of and when i tell you i was nervous like shaking in my boots and everything i was just like like i'm literally standing on the side of the stage just like you know but um the my cue comes on to go on stage i'm shaking but i take a huge deep breath before i step up and i just go you know and from the moment i stepped on the stage to the moment i went off people were just like showing me love, you know, giving me that energy, you know, saying my name, saying the words to the song, hyping me up and everything. And it was just like a beautiful and like special moment. And it was made even more special when I got off the stage and people were coming up to me. They're like, man, like, because it was like multiple people performing and everything. Um, And I got off the stage, people came up to me and they were like, bro, like, when you got on the stage, the energy changed. It was amazing. Like, you killed it. I loved it. Like, your sound. And, I, like, people just throwing compliments at me, saying, like, oh, like, my music touched them. And, like, the energy was unmatched. And, like, they're, they're like, looking forward to, like, listening to more of my music or seeing where I go next. And, you know, that just hearing all that just made me realize, like, I, I can do this, you know? Like, I, I am good enough. Like, I'm... Like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty dope. You know, it, it, it was just kind of like reassuring, you know, it just gave me like a newfound confidence to where like, af- after that, I was like, all the doubts are kind of like just, you know, leaving my head. I'm starting to trust my ideas, you know, starting to have more confidence in myself and just, you know, making the music I want to make, you know, making the music I love and just like not worrying what anybody thinks. Like, you know, if they like it, that's amazing. If they don't, it's whatever, but like at the end of the day, you know, I'm happy with myself and my art, and you know, just just that experience has uh, been like major for me, you know, um, you know, um, within like taking this next step in my career with releasing this project and everything. Man, that's so powerful. There's probably ten different ways I can go. Um, um, I know we're gonna have way too much to talk about today. Um, and thank you for that story. Super powerful and. As an artist myself, as a DJ, as somebody who gets in front of people too, I've never been in front of that many people. So I know that's got to feel some type of way, but, um, and I love what you said about vulnerability in the beginning too. Definitely want to dive down that route as well at some point, but I'd love to stay on that topic of live performance. It's something that I love getting into the nitty gritty of it with artists on this show. For you, when you step on that stage, after you take that deep breath, is there, are you really thinking about it anymore? Like, what does it feel like to then perform like, or do you find yourself? Because I think what a lot of times, um, you know, you have the best 
you probably know, you probably experienced this too. Like the, you have the best performance when you're not really even thinking about it. You're just really in it, right? Like you don't have to think about the words or you think about wh where your movement is. And as you said, all the doubt just got instant, re instantly released. So what was the feeling of, you know, after that deep breath, now I'm on the stage, like, did you have any thoughts going through your mind or was it just like you and the crowd? Um, yeah, you're right. Like once, once I got going, like, like I, I was, like I said, I was very nervous before going on stage, but once I got on there and I started going, like I was just in the moment and no, I wasn't thinking about anything else. I was just like, like not, not even thinking about the words or the song. It was just a vibe, you know, straight through. And I was just in the moment, like any, any, um, nervousness or doubts or anything that I had before going on stage was completely out the window. It's like, and, and it happens with me all the time. Like I'm always nervous before, but once I start performing, I'm just like in it. Like it's 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 fun. Um, the energy's crazy, and we're just having a good time. But um, I'm I'm huge on like, especially when it comes to live shows. I'm huge on preparation. You know, so like I, I rehearse a lot. Any chance I get, I'm like going over the songs and the lyrics in my head and everything. And it's funny because, you know, I always feel like, you know, the more prepared you are, the better the actual show will be. But it's like once I actually start performing, I'm not even thinking about it at all. Like it's just like second nature, you know, like I could literally do it in my sleep. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just it's, 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 it's a crazy feeling, you know, just like being out there, being on stage because it's like you're just in that moment with the people in the crowd, you know, and it's amazing. That's all yeah. I can say. Yeah, man. It, and it, it feels like that. And just the way you describe it and two things, like, I think the nerves are good. I think the nerves mean that you care, you know, like that's what I think, you know, that's where we have to, the ner we kind of get the nerves kind of throw like can throw us off a little bit, but if we just sit and kind of embrace it, then we realize it's like, we're only nervous cause we want it to be good. Right. And the preparedness, that's what creates the space for you to not have to think about it. So that's really important. I love that you mentioned that. Um, once again, multiple ways I could go, but in the in the vein of, of live performance still, but taking it into the music a little bit, do you think about the performance when you're writing the song and creating the song? Um, actually, no, I don't. So like when, when I'm working on a song, when I'm writing a song, I actually don't think about any anyone or anything else. You know, um, when when I'm writing a song, I'm just like reflecting, you know, I'm reflecting on life. I'm reflecting on like the lessons I've learned, you know, uh, recently and everything. And like I said earlier, um, making music is very therapeutic for me. So it's just really me just... Um, so I was watching this um, interview with Lauren Hill not too long ago. It's like an old interview. And she was saying, like, I don't want to make music that's like popular necessarily. I don't want to make music, you know, I don't want to give people what they want to hear. Like, I want to give people what they what they need, you know. So, like, when I'm making a song, I'm making sure that I'm getting something out of it by, like, you know, telling a story and kind of like getting my thoughts and emotions out and expressing myself. And like, I want people to get something out of the music as well, you know? So like, I want people to listen to my music and I want them to walk away feeling like they, they've learned something, you know, I want them to feel something like if I can achieve that, then, then I'm happy, you know? So I don't, I don't really care if it's like, if it's a hit or if it's popular, I, I just wanted to resonate with people. 
you know, but, um, you know, after making the song, you know, I, I'm like sitting with it, I'm listening to it, I'm revising it and everything. And like, so like during that whole stage, like once it's recorded and you're like working on it, making sure it's perfect, you start to realize, man, this would actually go pretty crazy live, you know? So it's like it's like after the fact, like once like once um, the song is done, you start to realize like, oh, no, I, I got to do this live, you know. And it's funny. So like whenever I do a show, I'm always thinking about um, same thing. I'm always thinking about the vibe and the, the emotions that I want people to feel, you know. So when I when I'm making a set list, a lot of things come into play like, oh, what type of show is it? You know, what type of crowd is it going to? is going to be there, you know, um, like I had a performance one time is for a Juneteenth event. So the songs that I would put in that set list are more like more of my, my conscious songs, more like chill, laid back, more intimate and everything compared to like the Prescott shows is telling you about a huge crowd. Everybody's trying to have fun, have a good time. So it, it'll be like more hype music. So, you know, a lot, a lot of things um, come into play when it, when it comes to like making a set list. Like usually what I like to do is like, I'll start off high, maybe like calm it down for a little bit and then bring it back up, you know, take people on a little roller coaster and everything. So yeah. I love hearing that process because, you know, and I think a lot of artists, um, especially artists coming up, you don't know which songs people like and how people react to them because only you and maybe your boys and maybe your manager, maybe your producer and your engineer have listened to it. And like yeah. your engineer is just there. He's like, Hey, do you want another take? We'll do another take. Like, he's not telling you like, dude, that bar is not like this bar is better. Like there's nobody. So you don't really know. And like for you, Tyreek, I think at this point, man, like you have, I can tell, like you have that self-awareness, like, you know, all right, I can put this song in and they're going to feel this way. Or if I have this set list, they're going to feel this way. Right. If I'm bringing the hype, I'll bring the hype for the Prescott show. But for the Juneteenth show, I want it to be a little bit more intimate. Right. So I'm going to bring that. And I think that just comes with time. I feel like you definitely can't learn that overnight that comes with your ear that comes with time and it comes with you know just actually getting out there and performing too and i like what you said about how it's therapeutic for you and you know i watched a logic of uh, interview the other day and he was like people wanted me to recreate my old albums when i wasn't that anymore you know and like you can tell artists grow and evolve and it's like they can't once that hunger like that initial hunger like when you're in your parents basement and stuff you know that type of stuff like that only happens then like you're not going to make that same music anymore because if you did you know it might not it, you're not in that situation anymore if you're driving to bentley like it's not the same as when you were driving the civic it's just not <laughs> well see well, it's it's crazy that you bring that up because I was literally just having this conversation with uh, my roommate. Uh, we were listening to I don't know if you heard it, uh, Drake's new album, Certified Lover Boy. Yeah, my I will just say this: the one of my last guests, he worked on the Way Too Sexy video, which is pretty cool. But yes, I did. Oh, I only wow. took yeah, it was the production assistant. Um, you could go watch that episode a couple episodes back. But yeah, I did one listen through. Um, but so that's as far as I've gone. But yeah, continue. No, I was just saying, like, we were listening to it, and it's like, it's not a bad project, you know, by any means. I don't think it's terrible, but, you know, Drake is kind of, like, in this place where, like, he he knows, you know, where he is in the game. He knows he's one of the biggest artists in the world, so I feel like he's kind of gotten, like, comfortable, you know? He's just sticking to what, what works, what got him to where he is. But then you go back to his older projects, like, Nothing Was the Same and Take Care, you know, those are, like, you can hear the the passion, the hunger, the ambition. And I was actually um, reading 
um, this interview that Drake did around the time. And he was talking about how um, he, he was talking about how Kendrick Lamar had um, gotten nominated for the Grammy for like best rap album and this, that, the other, and how Take Care, I think Take Care actually won the Grammy um, for best rap album when it had came out. But he was like, he, he didn't feel like Take Care really deserved it. He's like, he said, I feel like I could do better. You know, so the next project, which was Nothing Was the Same, he, you know, went into it with the goal of making a better project, you know, making like a project that's like worthy of winning the best rap album. And just listening to that, it's like, man, you see how like really hungry he was. Like he wanted to, he had something to prove. He wanted to show people like, um, like I, I'm about to take over the game. Like I'm one of the best artists here right now. And then you listen to it now, it's like, it's not the certified lover boy is not as experimental you know the production really isn't that interesting he really isn't saying anything all too interesting he's just he's just making the music you know and then i also heard uh an interview with jay-z where he was talking about like i kind of what you were saying like i can't make reasonable doubt today you know, I'm not that same person. I'm not in that same situation, you know, and everything. So it's it's just crazy to see how, you know, people grow and change over time, how their passion either like increases or fades and everything. Yeah. You know, so and I just thought it was crazy because we were just having that conversation. Essentially. Yeah, I, I think and I think that's crazy that you brought him up because uh, we just talked to him. The episode that I mentioned, my friend Luke, who worked on that video. You know, we were speaking about Drake in the video. And, you know, the question that I really had was, um, and just to preface this, I think it's undeniable that he's the artist of the decade. Like, I'm not even a huge Drake fan. I just think it's kind of undeniable. Like, it's just he stood the test of time for 10 years. Then you get that award. That's how it works, regardless of any emotion of or preference with his music. I think that was I think that made sense. I think he's the artist of the decade. Um, and but to that, like. I'm like looking at what he's doing now, which I completely agree. It's really cookie cutter to be honest, but dude, he's doing, he's in the pocket. Like he's in, he's making Drake music. Like that's what he knows how to do. Uh, But it's obvious. Like I think about it. I'm like, I even feel that the stuff that he raps about is just is in that same vein of like, it's just, he raps about it now because he knows that that's what Drake raps about. He's not living this life really. And it's kind of like a Rick Ross, like fake it till you make it type of deal. Like where it's like, dude, it's like, did you always have a Maybach? Like, was there a point where you were rap? you know, and like Rick Ross has some really great music and great discography too. I, I'm not gonna, like, I wouldn't hate on him. Um, but yeah, it's funny because I think like you have artists like Cole where Cole, I feel like infused like infused sound that he really liked from like a Dave East influence maybe, or like some other artist influence, but he kept it pretty true. Like he didn't, he knew that Forest Hills Drive wasn't going to be, he wasn't going to have Forest Hills Drive ten, eight years later, six years later, you know, whereas Drake, it's like, I feel like Drake is kind of just like coasting, you know, and, and you can tell, you know, it's like, sure. Cole didn't make Forest Hills, but he also didn't make a cookie cutter album, in my opinion, you know? So it's like, some of these artists who are still at the top of the game, the Kendricks, Kendrick is the furthest from Drake, for, you know, than anybody. And so it's it's kind of crazy to look at. Like, you can still, you can be any other, you can be any of these guys and still be at the top, you know, but you don't have to be 
you know, you don't have to just make what everybody likes like Drake. You could do a Cole type of deal where Cole knows not all of his fans are going to like this, but he's going to go and do it anyway, you know? So yeah, that's so interesting to me to try to figure out the dynamics and like, at the end of the day, dude, McDonald's is a real estate company. Drake is a business. Like it's not, it's not what it looks like on the outside, which is kind of crazy to think about too. No, for real. Um, everything, everything's a business, man. At the end of the day, it's like, it's all about making the money, you know, getting the most sales and everything. Like a lot of Drake's music, you can tell is, is are kind of like tailored to a younger audience, you know, the TikTok audience, you know, um, like the like the song Tusi Slide where he had the little dance, you know, you could clearly tell that was clearly made uh, for TikTok, you know. And it's like I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it, you know, do your thing. But like uh, I, I've always believed that if you're making music, if you're making art, it should come from you know it should come from your heart, and it shouldn't be you shouldn't ride the latest trends, you know. Don't don't just make it just to just to uh, just to make it or just to you know uh get money or get sales like you know have it have it come from a real place have it you know mean something not only to you but like to to other people you know yeah people can feel that too that's the thing you can't hide like we know like drake we see you bro like we know like it's like you can feel it with the artists you can feel it in the music you can hear it feel it the inflection the voice like you know if they're throwing it down and it's real or it's not you know the fans know the one thing that john mayer said that i always quote hundreds of times i probably quoted this is the fans are always smarter than you no matter what oh yeah and i and i don't think you know a lot of artists don't give the fans credit well they think they're like i'm a genius you know like you're yeah. not that good dude like <laughs> <you know? laughs> the fans are the people who know if they're gonna they're gonna buy it if they like it if they don't they're not gonna buy it so you're at their mercy you know i think yeah it's this kind of complex of like you get X amount of plays and you think you're the shit and you know, you think that you understand it all and like you could predict the next hit, you know um, you know, sometimes you don't know, man. And you know um, I love that conversation. That's so cool. I'd love to go into your process a little bit and maybe let me start with, like you said, music is therapeutic for you. When did that start? When did, did you start writing? Did you start recording? Were you singing? Were you rapping? How old were you? Like, can you take us back Oh man, I I don't even know where to start, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> um anywhere you want, anywhere you want. Yeah. So I actually recorded my very first song when I was like 13. I was in seventh or eighth grade. And funny enough, it was a remix to a Drake song. <laughs> my very first recorded song. But um I didn't start taking it seriously until about I want to say my junior year of high school. And honestly, the reason why music means so much to me or I feel like it's so therapeutic is because I I can better express myself through music than I can um, just talking, if that makes sense. Like, I, I'm better with my words, or like just better at communicating my thoughts, my feelings and emotions, like through music than I am just like having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with people and it's, it's just always been that way for me. So, you know, just having that, this lane or this platform to just express, express myself in a whole new way has just always been, um, um, always been major for me. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's part of the reason why like I started recording music, started making music, just a way for me to just get my thoughts out, you know, get my anger out, my frustrations out. Um, and then 
can you can you repeat the question? I feel like I just kind of got off track. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess from that, did you were you alone? Like, how did you record? Did you buy a mic? Like, did you have friends who did it? Like, what was the like? How did you start then uh, making music? Like, and continuing uh, to make yeah, music. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So um, I actually started making music on um, GarageBand, and I had this little this little karaoke mic. Um, That's how and... we all start out there on the karaoke <laughs> mic, son. Yep, yep. I had a garage band. I had this little karaoke mic, and it was actually uh, like USB plugged right into my computer. And I was making uh, songs on it that way. Sounded horrible, but you know, it was it was a start. And then um, I actually did have friends who were also trying to get into music, so we were all just like doing it together. Like we would go over to each other's houses, we freestyle together, maybe record something, you know, on these little rinky dink mics, you know, not not really knowing what we were doing. And I used to actually um, post these songs on YouTube, and um, I would I would do that frequently. I was like putting music up on YouTube like every other week or whatever, and then. Um, when I turned 13, my godfather, um, it was kind of like a little little gift to me. He actually brought me to the studio with him. And that's when we recorded that Drake remix. It was a remix to um, Hell Yeah, Effing Right. Um, he actually hopped, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He actually hopped on that. No and, way. Um, so you were 13 then? Yeah. Wow. So you've been doing old. this for a minute, Tyreek. A minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was just, I loved the feeling of, like, being in the studio and just working on something. It was just, like, it was kind of surreal to me. I was just, like, I just fell in love with it. Just the whole process of writing, recording, and just, um, like, mixing it and everything. Um, but like I said, I was just, I didn't really take it seriously until my junior year in high school. You know, my junior year of high school is when I really, like, sat down and I was like, okay, I want to make this a career. Like, I want to do this for the rest of my life, you know? Because um, before then, I was just like, yeah, I was recording, but I wasn't, I was just playing around with it. Just, like, putting things up here and there, you know? there's There was no real, like, goal in mind, you know? So um, my junior year is when I really, like, you know, set goals for myself. Like, I'm going to, you know, start networking. I'm going to start, like, trying to build a name for myself, uh, start trying to perform, you know, maybe, like, release more consistently, you know, just just things like that, you know. So then when I graduated high school and I finally got to college, um, um, I kind of, like, continued doing that. So it's funny enough, when I moved into the dorms, my next-door neighbor in the dorms was a producer, like I overheard him um, saying that like he made music. So um, that same day after I moved all my stuff and I went next door to him, I was like, hey, you make beats? He's like, yeah. I was like, well, I make music. And he was like, okay, well, rap something for me right now. <laughs> and I, I like, I didn't rap uh, anything for him on the what spot. What people do, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, we, we love that, guys. We love when you make us rap on the spot. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, come so, on. But, I, I didn't freestyle. I, I played them a song off my phone that I, like previously recorded, but he liked the song. And then we started working together. Then, um, you know, through him, I, I was able to meet other people and um, meet him and one other guy, his name was Will. We actually started a rap group uh, our freshman year of college within like five days of being on campus. We actually got our first show together as a group. And we just like started performing and like making a name for ourselves around campus and everything and just like uh, networking and building connections that way. 
Um, then eventually, like sophomore year of college, um, like late sophomore year, we like broke up, but um, we still like you know maintain like a good relationship with one another. But we started pursuing our own interests and everything. But um, I appreciated that experience because it taught me um, just how to work and collaborate with other people. You know, it taught me how to better, like, you know, build connections, how to better network and everything. And I was able to just, you know, build some pretty strong relationships with people that, like, I still have today, um, you know, like, what, three, four years later. Um, and it just showed me how, how things work, you know, so... Um, I love just to jump in there real quick. Like, I, I think it's so cool that you guys had a group, man. Like, I just always feel like, cause I kind of started with, I started rapping with a, with my friend who was a producer and then my other friend who rapped and my friend who rapped just freestyle got me into rap. And then we had like a little thing, but we never like made it like a group. So like, that must've been pretty cool to like be in school and you know, shit, you don't got much else to do. Like, you're just gonna yeah. just go to class and then just rap, man, and like just hang out. So, like, that must have been a cool experience, though, just to kind of create something with people all the time, you know, not just like randomly. No, literally, that's all it was. Like, we went to class. I would come back to the dorms, would just start recording, start working on something. We we put out two uh, mixtapes um, during the time that we were together. Actually, we performed a bunch of different shows together and it was, it was an amazing time, you know, and it just really, um, uh, made my love for music like stronger. You know, it just made me love it even more. So, um, now I'm kind of in this place where like I graduated college, you know, I don't really do anything other than like work and work on music. So I figured like now that I'm done with school, I'm really just gonna take the time to do more of the things that I love, more of the things that makes me happy, which is, you know, beyond just music, just creating in general. Cause I, um, when I was in college, I studied film and media production and that's what I got my degree in. Cause I've always had a passion for film as well. So just like now, now that I'm done with school, I'm just taking this time to just create, you know, I'm always meeting new people, going out to like local shows and venues and just connecting, you know, and it's been, it's been great so far. I've worked on a few short films, you know, I've worked with a few different producers and fellow artists and everything. And it's just like, it's just an amazing feeling, you know, it's always love. It's always good energy and it feels good to just, you know, get together with another person, throw ideas around and, you know, see what comes out of it. You know, and it's, it's been, it's been great. You know, it's what I've always wanted to do. With that film background, do you then kind of going off the same uh, lens as the question of like, do you think about the live performances when you're recording? Like, do you think about then since you kind of have like the film mind too now, like, do you think about the video as you're making the song too? I love that you asked me this question. I absolutely do. Absolutely. I, I always have like visuals in mind when I'm working on a song and I think of music kind of the same way I do a film. So that's kind of why like some of my favorite artists are people like Andre 3000, people like Kendrick Lamar, Tyler, the creator. You listen to their music. Um, um, sorry. When you're listening to their music, it's kind of, it's very visual. Like they really do paint a picture. You know, you could almost see it. You listen to Good Kid, Mad City. It's, 
even Kendrick says it himself, it's like a short film. It plays out like a story from beginning to end. Same thing with uh, Igor and Call Me If You Get Lost. You know, Tyler's Project is telling the story. There's themes, you know. Uh, Andre 3000, same thing with him. He's telling the story from beginning to end. And when you're listening, you can just visualize it in your head. Like a lot of times when I'm listening to their music, I could close my eyes, zone out, and it's like I'm watching a movie in my head, you know. And then they add all these different sonic elements to it that kind of like help, you know, push the story forward and everything. It's it's amazing. So I absolutely do that. So um, with this project that I'm working on right now, um, it's the same thing. It kind of plays out like a little short film. Um, and like we could we could talk about it more later, but uh it starts off with this project. It like starts off in the morning, then ends off in the nighttime. And there's like a little, you're like following me throughout my day and everything. It's yes, absolutely. It's, 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 it goes hand in hand for me, film and music. I can't wait to dive into that. And also listen to it, man. That's, that's awesome. I love, I think people underestimate the power of story. That's, that's really it. I mean, we don't, how do you learn? They don't teach you, like they, 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 they frame everything in the lens of a story most of the time, like, especially when we're growing up, you know, like, what do they, it's all storybooks. Like that's how people, that's how you learn lessons. Right. So I think a lot of that is not that it's not, it's not lost. It's just that people don't understand that, that type putting the lesson into a context of a story makes people really remember it. And then they can apply it to their own lives. And I think, I, I think it's incredible that you have that film angle too, because like, even for me, it's like, I work with a super talented videographer, editor, um, shout out to Brandon. He's, I've been working at, with him for a, a year or two now. And, you know, I, I wish I had more of the film, like I have the podcast angle side, maybe like that helps a little bit, but like that kind of thing, it's like, that's a whole, you, you think like, Oh dude, I can make a dope song. Oh, this video is going to be dope. Like, nah, dude, you don't understand what it's like to put together a video and have a story and tell and give the song justice. Right. And, you know, even like fight the feeling video, it's an animation, but it's still incredible. It's like you, you know, like it doesn't matter, um, you know, what you do, it just matters or like what the song is. It's just like, it's going to be completely different in telling the story visually than it is audio. And you could be super good at the audio, but you gotta trust the video. And that's what I do with Brandon too. It's like, and we've really like, we've been shooting this one video for over a year, just in different locations. And it's more of just a rap, like I'm just rapping to the camera type of deal. And after you do rap to the camera for three videos, you go, dude, I need to do something else. Like you realize that the amount of work it takes to actually do a video that's, that's a storyline. And, and a lot of the, and a lot of artists don't understand it. Cause we just don't know, man, we just don't have that background and we don't have that kind of mental, that, that click, that switch in our mind that we can flip, that we can do it for music. But when it comes to video, it's a whole different thing. So I think that's super important, man. That's, Absolutely. that's insane. I've, I've always loved music videos. I really do believe that, you know, the right visuals can really, it really enhances the listening experience of the song as well. You know, it could it could um, make it connect to a you could connect to it on a whole deeper level. You know, and that's why I like um, with my visuals, especially um, the visuals that I plan to make for this project, like they're all going to um, 
they're going to have a story behind them. You know, it's going to be very cinematic and creative because like I want to bring that back, you know, music videos that have a story behind it, you know, have like really good production value and just, you know, you want you sit there and you actually want to watch it. I remember, you know, when I was little, like actually sitting there, like can't wait to watch new music videos, you know, see what people have now. And like music video, music videos nowadays, they're cool, but I feel like a lot of them are really the same. You know, like I feel like a lot of the like you have a few artists that are like super, um, you know, creative when it comes to their music videos. Like I love Tyler. It's like a movie. Yeah. Some of them are like a movie. Yeah. 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 And then, but I feel like a lot of the videos that I watch from like uh, newer artists is just like the same. They're just like dancing around in front of the camera, maybe have like some nice looking girls and everything. And then there's like cool edits and transitions. It's just a visual. It's not. Of like a story it's just yeah. a visual just for the grammar just to have it it's more of a placeholder so you can put your eyes on something but exactly. it doesn't tell you anything extra about this it doesn't embody the song yeah i think that's what a exactly. lot of it is it's a lot of rinse and repeat um videos and like not to like people make an entire living off music videos and it's like i don't know what do you think man like do you think that the artists, like it's kind of on the artists for the direction or like video, cause that's tough. Cause it's like, you want to f- create, but I think sometimes video, maybe directors or videographers, whatever. I mean, if you have a big team, obviously a production, um, that might be a different story, but a lot of times it might just be a few people. And then you might not want to go to the artist and be like, I think we should do this instead because they're paying you. So, you know, it's like a weird, I feel like it's hard like, I'm trying to figure out how do we make videos great again, man? <laughs> like, you know, like Michael Jackson set the tone, dude. And then Absolutely. straight up, dude. But yeah, I'm just wondering, like, I think that's really what it is, too. It's like nobody really sits down. You kind of just show up for the video. You wrap the thing and then you kind of get the angles and go home, you know. Um, yeah. But I'm just trying yeah. to figure out, like, how can we really, like, make it super creative again? Yeah, I I think it's just giving an artist more control over their image and their own work. That's why I really respect the artists like um, Lil Nas X. Like every single music video that I see from him, I'm just like blown away. They just continue to get better and better. And, you know, it's, it's so cool when I hear things like he comes up with his own treatments you know, he plans everything out himself. He thinks of the ideas himself and everything. Every every step of the way, he's involved in every single process of the music video. Same thing with an artist like Baby Keem. I love Baby Keem. He he plans every single every single shot out for all of his music videos. You know, so I think just giving an artist, oh, sorry, I kind of lost it for a second. Yeah, uh, just giving an artist, you know, more control or over, you know, their brand, their image, you know, just ask them what they want to do, you know, don't just like have the studios like, okay, just come in, we'll take care of everything else, which I feel like is probably what happens a lot. I was actually having a similar conversation about movies uh, recently. We feel like, you know, nowadays movies are just like all studios, you know, there's nothing really new, exciting or interesting when it comes when it comes to movies, because I feel like everybody's just trying to play it safe. You know, no one really wants to experiment anymore. You know, so I think you just have to let the just let the creators create, you know, whether it's, you know, artists making music or it's directors making movies, just 
let them do their thing, you know? Who cares if it's like super successful, you know, makes millions of dollars or not, just let them express themselves, you know? Yeah, the truth, man, truth. And I think what it is too, there's a lot of saturation. So, um, you know, that's, that's really a thing too. I think it's the fact that movies that might not be as creative are still overtaking smaller movies that might be more creative just because there's so many. Same thing with music, right? Like it's not about talent. It's about exposure. So you can be the most talented artist in the world, but peop- you have to go to people and, and they have to see you somehow, right? So same thing maybe with movies is like, and I actually like spoke about this with my friend Luke on a couple of podcasts ago because he did work on that video and he's he's a filmmaker too. And so like, he's like, nah, nah. He's like, dude, trust me, there's amazing movies coming out right now. It's just people, you know, I think it really is like people can't, they don't see them, you know? They just go on Netflix and whatever's right there is right there. And maybe they just go on Spotify and whatever music just pops up. Like whatever music's on the top 50 thing they just listen to. It's like, how are you ever going to find, like, I don't think I listen in a, on a weekly basis to any, uh, top 50 songs at all, you know? And, and, and that's, I love finding new, that's just my taste. It's not like I even try to do that. Some of them will be, but you know, it's more just like, I love finding people that are just so, you know, this, like, nobody really knows about, you know, it's like, everybody loves it. I called it, dude. I called, you know, like I say that all the time, oh, dude, I called Jack Harlow, bro. I listened to him in 2017 or 2018 or whatever, you know, it's like, people love that shit. Um, but it's a very small minority people. Most people just kind of take right off the surface and then you don't get to find those like films that are kind of in the depths, you know? Yeah, that's why I really still love SoundCloud. Yeah, I'm always finding new amazing artists, you know, new sounds and everything on SoundCloud. You know, it's it's amazing. And um, I stay up late every single night. Like, I don't go to sleep till like 2, 3 a.m., but I'm like on YouTube and I'm always finding like, super cool dope art new artists on youtube late at night i'm just like bro this is amazing like why don't more people know about this so like i i feel you on that you know uh i feel like more people have to just you know step outside of what's popular and really just do a deep dive because you never know what you'll find yeah you got to work to find it that's the thing you got to want to find it and once youtube and luckily hey shout out to youtube for their algorithm which will make you addicted to youtube but also it will give you more of those type of videos which is pretty cool like you'll see like if you've created a whole new account and just watched cat videos it'll only give you cat videos so if you only watch underground rap videos it'll only give you underground rap it's not going to give you the drakes and you know whatever the high level people at that point so got to use the algorithm in your favor you know (laughs) absolutely every time i go on youtube my recommended page is like full of dope new stuff i was like yes you're like i'm doing um and then three hours later you're like oh shit that was how much time that's me every day all the time yeah it's easy to fall into a little youtube rabbit hole you know (laughs) Man, I'd love to, um, I definitely want to go in the solo project too, to switch gears a little bit here, but, um, Lonely Leonard, man, somebody who's going to be on this podcast this week as well. Um, how'd you guys get linked up and you know, what can you talk about Crookland a little bit, like talk about your music with him together and, uh, creating, uh, creating music with him. I just think that's uh, powerful. And also the fact that he's going to come on here too. I want to, want to hear your side too. And I want to get his, his, get his, uh, you know, thoughts on it too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually met Lonely um, through college, through school as well. So um, back when I was saying that I had the the rap group, um, he was actually in that rap group. It was uh, 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 three people, me, him, and then one other guy, um, Rosotati. 
And um, so, yeah, that's how we met. We started working together and then we just grew close, man. We had a lot of similar interests. We were always having conversations about movies, music, and just the world and life in general and everything. So um, when it came time to do Crooklyn, um, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. So um, when we were in the group, Room 4, um, Rosal Tati, the third member, he produced all of the music, you know, and we made some really dope music together, but it was like all the music that we were making was just kind of like tailored around like whatever he created, you know, so us making Crooklyn was just like, it's it's not like us saying like, oh, let's try and do this without Rosal Tati. It was just like kind of seeing like what we could, uh, what we could make um, with like us having our own hand and like the production and the sound and everything. So that that's kind of how it started. Like, let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can make. And um, we we just like listened to, we took a lot of inspiration from like a lot of our favorite artists. Like he's a huge fan of like Tupac and Eminem. And then like me, I was listening to like the Fugees, Outkast, Kanye, and this, that, and the other when making this album. And it was really just, everything was just so genuine and easy the whole way through it was just us just talking about our life our upbringing you know stories that you know um we've heard like stories that we knew you know that involved people that we grew up around our own personal stories and it just it just came together all naturally you know and that that's what's really beautiful about it you know and that's why i really enjoyed making that project with him because you know us being we're both from the East Coast, so like us just having like similar upbringings and backgrounds, it was it was just it was just easy, and it was so much fun. You know, we were just able to connect and create something that's you know I feel like is gonna it's kind of timeless in a way. You know, like it'll like the things that we speak on on our album, it'll always be relevant. You know, and I just I'll just always appreciate that experience, and I always appreciate him. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah, the dynamics of you two together, I really enjoy. I just, I like it. I think like everything you just said, it's evident, you know, in the tape. Um, and uh, and I noticed that song Yellow um, got some traction as well. So that must have felt good after doing it and be like, damn, people are really like listening to this. Like this shit bangs and like people are noticing. Yeah, absolutely. It was, the, the reception has been amazing. And um, it's so good to hear that, like, I've had people message me on Instagram DMs and they're telling me, wow, um, like a song like Brenda on the album, like I've had girls who would hit me up and say, like, I, I thank you so much for this song. Like, it really uh, touched me. Like, it's helped me in ways that, like, I can't even explain and everything. And, like, that makes me feel so good. Like, it almost made me cry, to be honest. Like, just the fact that it's, like, reaching so many people and it's helping people and that they love it. It's just, it's uh, a feeling I can't even describe, you know? Yeah, that's great, man. I can't wait to have him on, too, and see, you know, get his whole story and background, too. It'll just be really cool context uh, for people as well to, like, watch those two and, and listen to the album so you can kind of see where the stories come from and stuff. I, I, I love that, putting the pieces together, man. Um, and another notable song, too, is Work with Sonia Rose. Um, I really enjoyed that. I love the dynamics um, of, of you two on that. Like, can you maybe real quick, like, how did that one come together? yeah um oh man i gotta think back <laughs> i know together. it's like i'm throwing you i should have let you know beforehand i was gonna bring it up 
Yeah. Um, so that instrumental for work was actually a beat that I had had for a while. Um, it was produced by my friend Ben. He goes by Big B Beats. And when I heard it, uh, the work, 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 work automatically came to mind. So um, I had that. I just had the hook. And like, always up a work, 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 work. Always doing that, that, that. And it was just that. I just had left it at that. So um, I had came back to New York over the summer to visit for a little bit because that's where I'm from, New York. And um, I was just chilling with my friends, uh, Chris and Sonia. And um, they actually have a band themselves, a band called The Uncertain. They're working on their first uh, project right now. But uh, I always knew Sonia had an amazing voice. So when we were chilling that day, I was like, you ever thought about uh, hopping on a hip hop song? Like a rap song? She's like, I never tried it because they're, they're more like, rock like punk music everything so she's like i never i never tried it but i was like let's let's see what we can make and um i remembered that i had that song so i was like let's 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 try and do something to this and um so we pulled up the beat um and i laid down the hook that i had already written down and we were just like bouncing ideas back and forth like um in terms of like the verses because i kind of wanted to make it um not like conversational, but it's kind of just like a back and forth. So you have like my part, like it's me talking to her and then her verse is like her response to me, everything. And it was, it was just fun because she was just trying something new, you know? So just having her kind of tap into this whole hip hop world when she's used to just like rock and everything was, um, it was interesting. And, um, it just came together. I'm very happy with how it came together. And, um, uh, we recorded that day and again kind of sat on it for a while I don't know why I did that just sat on it for a little while until one day she hit me up she's like hey are you ever going to release that one song I was like I probably should huh <laughs> it goes pretty hard so then um we decided to just like you know finish up work on it you know have it mixed and mastered and everything and then we put it out and people loved it I was so happy about that yeah, you don't know. Once again, you don't know, you know, what it's going to be until the fans get a hold of it, man. That's really it. And I love, dude, I love that story. I had no idea that she like had a band and stuff like that. Like who I wouldn't didn't even know. That's awesome that you kind of, you know, that kind of came together like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It was um, and I'm so excited for them and, you know, hearing the music that they're going to put out. But it, it was fun just like, you know helping another artist step out of their comfort zone and you know she she loved it you know she she actually wanted to work on more hip-hop music after that and you know that that's great to see like i always want to see people step out of their comfort zones and try new things because you never know what could come of it you know i know i'm like myself. yo facts man i'm like thinking um I, I made i have a friend of mine who we just de would experiment man you know my favorite band is sublime um you know i've been like a huge fan of them for like six years like I got it like tatted and stuff like that, but that's, um, I, I, dude, I love them. Um, so I love ska music. I love reggae. Dude, I grew up on classic rock. So, um, I mean, I, I rap and like produce, like I make hip hop, man, but like I now I'm like, shit, maybe like, I like, why not? Like, why not try it? And, and I really like what you said too, like introducing somebody to the, to the, to the genre. It's pretty sweet, man. Like you just don't know, uh, you know, now she, that might be something that, you know, she would have never known. And now, now she might, you know, completely get in that and let her creative juices flow on that genre too, and create something different. I mean, we just watched 
um me and my girl just watched a star is born you know like lady gaga dude who would have known like she could have been easily been a country singer or an r&b singer or anything or uh just hip-hop or she could have went any direction and would have been famous right so it's it's until you experiment you really don't know and you know i know um before we uh wrap up man definitely want to touch on a few things but the you know come back to the solo project now um you know what is can you what can you tell us about the project that that you're that you're working on currently you don't have to expose too much obviously but yeah uh so uh just real quick so the project is going to be called 90s baby and um it's really the reason i call it that is because the sound of each song kind of has that late 90s early 2000s kind of vibe it has that kind of bounce to it because that's the music that i really like grew up listening to you know so this project is me kind of kind of like um you know j cole's middle child it's like it's like me being the middle child i'm like bridging the you know new generation with like the older generation because like even though the songs kind of have that old that early hip-hop sound and feel like it's still very you know contemporary at the same time you know so it's like uh, you got both that new school and old school flavor and everything. And like I was saying, it's, there's a story behind it. You know, it's very um, it's very cinematic when you listen to it. And um, I'm, I'm just excited for people to hear it. You know, I can't wait to see what people think. Um, very proud. You know, it took a I put a lot of time, energy and effort into it. Had to overcome a lot of, you know, self-doubt and everything in order to make it. You know, so with this being my very first solo project, um, um, but it's so crazy. I got the final masters in today. So oh, like, literally, no way. I, yeah. So after this interview, I'm literally going to upload them to DistroKid for it to be released. So it's just um, an amazing feeling. I can't even des- describe it. It's just, I'm so happy. You know, I, I feel so much joy right now and I'm just ready for the world to hear it. Dude, respect. That's awesome. That's so powerful, man. When um, do you have a release date yet that you can announce or no? Yes, uh, October fifteenth. October fifteenth. So right after that show, too, man. Because I see you gonna promote on that show. So let let us know about your live show, too. Yeah. So this uh, October eleventh is my very first headlining show. Um, it's kind of it's kind of to promote the album, you know, and kind of to celebrate the album at the same time. I'll be performing songs off the project at the show. I have um, two of my good friends, Bozo Tati and um, uh, Young Johnny opening for me. And it's going to be at the Rebel Lounge here in Phoenix, AZ. And I'm just excited. You know, I'm, I'm not really going into this like I'm not thinking of it as a show. I'm just thinking of it as just like a hanging out with friends, family, and just having a good time. Cause I do have a lot of friends and family who are going to be there at the show. And I just want to have a good time. It's just going to be a good vibe. You know, we're just going to celebrate, you know, drink, listen to music and just go crazy. Have a good to have fun, man. If you're not having fun, what's the point? That's what I always said too. Like if, if it ain't fun, like, listen, it's going to feel like work a lot too, but Listen, this stuff at the end of the day is fun, man. Making music fun, rapping's fun, writing music. Like, it's just enjoyable. If we're not enjoying it, um, you know, then what are we doing, man? But, uh, yeah, so uh, definitely let people know where they can, you know, find you, access you on social media, whether that's Instagram. I know you got your TikTok, too. Uh, but best best place for people to find you. And then also, if there's a song or a album that you want them specifically to check out, because this will go out uh, probably just before the, the, the tape goes out. So I'll make sure to, you know, 
folks, if you're, if you're listening, wait up for that on October 15th, but so social media where they can find you. And then if there's any specific song you'd like them to uh, take a listen to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you'd like to find me, you can uh, find me on any social media platform at Tyreek Offline, T-I-R-E-E-K Offline. Um, my TikTok is Flames Brown. <laughs> it's a funny name. Um, and then my music, you can find me on any platform. Just type in Tyreek. Again, that's T-I-R-E-E-K. And then, yeah, just be on the lookout for 90s Baby. I actually released a few singles that are going to be on the project, such as Sunny Days and 100. And uh, Work is actually going to be on that project as well. So, uh, you know, just give it a listen and can't wait to see what people think. Tyreek, this has been an incredible interview, man. I wish I wish we had another hour. Um, and But next no. time, I'd love to have you in person, man. We'll do two hours easy, man. It won't be a thing. Um, bro, absolutely. Got the lights. Absolutely. Bro, you are so easy to talk to. Like, this was amazing. Seriously. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I love doing this. I think, you know, that's why. That's what makes it easy. I just love talking to people, especially artists, dude. I love the process. Um, we got a hundred more questions, you know, where that came from as well, man. But uh, thank you, Tyree, for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. Uh, this was great. So much fun. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day, man. Thanks, Seriously. brother. And as we know, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. Got to thank our sponsor, Soda Beats, the best and easiest way to make hip hop and rap beats online right now uh, on your desktop browser. And uh, thanks for listening to another episode. Do not tune out. Got something for you in the outro right now. Thanks again, Tyree. Appreciate it, buddy. No problem. Thank you. Hey, don't click off just yet. I just want to shout out these amazing people who make this podcast happen. First of all, Ryan Kelly for redesigning our logo, Matt Kane for the intro and the outro, my amazing producer, Jello Beats, for the beat you're listening to right now, Trat Shepard for helping me produce in person, Brandon Ferrero for whipping up those videos, and SodaBeats.com, our sponsor today. Who is Soda Beats? Just hear me out for a second. Now, I'm in the rap hip-hop world. In that world, a lot of people rip beats off of YouTube, which means they take music that's on YouTube, they download it, and then they put their songs over it. Now, we're trying to solve that issue. Soda Beats solves that issue. You can actually make rap and hip-hop beats online with no software. You can try it for free. The link is in the show notes. Just try it. Take five minutes. I swear to God, you're going to get addicted. Even if you never made a beat in your life, it's a lot of fun. Best and easiest way to make beats online for free right now. Soda Beats, S-O-D-A-B-E-A-T-S, or click the link in the show notes. Thank you so much. More at sullybop.com and sullybop.com slash bopcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one.